Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, it's Star Wars week, because May the 4th is coming up, and because we've done it for the last two years, we have to keep doing it until we run out of Star Wars films. (laughs) We are watching a Star Wars film, in this case, Return of the Jedi, the third and final of the original trilogy. Joining me, as always, we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has seen the film, it's Patrick Downs. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm really excited about this one. I know you are. Yeah. You were very uh, you were very vocal um, yes. about yeah. Return of the Jedi being your favourite in the past. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so. Yeah. It is my favourite Star Wars movie, which I know is not the correct answer. Mm. Um, are, but, you, are you insinuating Empire is the one that people... That's the one everyone seen? says is, is sort of the best. Yeah. But the best, I understand that. The best doesn't have to be a favourite, though. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you yeah. support the Fremantle Dockers. They're not the best team, but they're your favourite AFL team. Hey, they won yesterday, so I'm just uh, saying. I know. Yeah. Uh, heave ho, way to go. Joining yeah. us as our guest who hasn't <laughs> seen the film, it's Tegan Mulvaney. And as the Eagles fan in the room. Yay. Yay. They, I can't but notice they lost this round. Yeah, by a lot. <laughs> Uh, For anyone listening outside of Australia, this is a strange sport, uh, which I still haven't quite got the hang of. But point is... The correct football. Mm. (laughs) Yes, everyone else around the world is doing it wrong. wrong. (laughs) Tegan, you have not seen Return of the Jedi. Nope. I I feel as though the last couple of weeks have been very much about, almost like educating Rita, but with science fiction. (laughs) I know. Because you hadn't seen The Matrix. Nope. And now we're getting on to Return of the Jedi, the easily the most merchandisable of the three Star Wars films. (laughs) And I think we have... Oh, there's my Lando right there. I don't know if he's in this one. But I have, like, bits and pieces. Can you see my Lando? I you can. can't on uh, the right. You can't on the, that's, the podcast. That, that, that is Empire Strikes Back Lando. Just oh, okay. Out. Yes, um, there is a Lando Although, no, oh, maybe it's, maybe it's Return of the Jedi Lando. I don't know. It's, he's made of lead. He is in both of them, so... He's hmm. really old, made of lead. Yes. Probably poisonous, so but he's there. You've um, not seen Return of the Jedi? Nope. What, are you, what, what do you know about Return of the Jedi? Um... Do you know, it only occurred to me that I hadn't seen these films when I was wa- when Patrick and I, we watched the, A New Hope once yep. a long time ago. And I realised I hadn't seen the film. I've just played Lego Star Wars heaps. Mm. So I know the storylines, mm. but only in the context of playing as the characters and... Ter- mute, mute Lego characters. Yeah, yeah so- and um, collecting the things that look like traffic lights. Oh, that yeah. you had to find in every episode. Well, they are a big big part of this movie. There's yeah. the traffic light Lego pieces. Absolutely. Are massive. they? Yeah, they're kind of the MacGuffin. Oh, then I'm the halfway there. <laughs> yeah. So having experienced it through uh, the medium of Lego merchandising, yes. what, what is it that you're uh, sort of expecting from this film, knowing that it's the third of the original trilogy? I'm expecting Luke Skywalker to wear black mm-hmm. instead of the other outfit that he wears. Mm-hmm. Um, uh 
Oh, this is the one where he finds out. Yes, for those it? who haven't started listening. Sorry. Yeah. That's um, okay. I will I'll beep that out. But that's what I mean. Like, I think it's very hard to even not seeing it, to not know those little the twists. Yeah, and particularly because obviously we've had the, the new trilogy, um, which we've got two of the three films out so far, and consequences from this original trilogy have obviously followed through. I think a yes, lot right. of that, that common knowledge is there. Um, and it hasn't, like I... Again, having not seen these and not seen any of the prequels as well, I love the new ones. It hasn't mm. stopped my understanding of the new ones. Right. I think it was important that I watched A New Hope before watching <laughs> at least the new get ones. The, yeah, to at least understand what the concept of the, yeah. the whole universe, the whole galaxy yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, which stars were at war. That's, That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. But I don't. But like some of the terminology and like the you know imperial forces and alliance and those sort of things, mm. I don't. I'd, they take me a little while to kind of go, wait, who's who? Uh, what? Who's, mm. who's, okay, cool. Mm. Uh, Patrick, yeah. uh, this one's standing out as your, your favourite yep. uh, heading into this. Um, what about it is, is the thing that makes it your favourite, I guess, in a sort of vague, non-spoilery sort of yeah, way? Yeah, well, I mean, we'll get in, I guess we'll get into it more when we talk about it mm. properly, but it's, it has the most... Um, I guess, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the most sentimental for me because it's mm. the one I remember watching the most as a kid. Mm. I'm sure I saw them all in the correct order as a kid, but it's the one I remember seeing first. Um, so there's that. And I also, when you say it's the most merchandisable, mm. I kind of think that's why I like it. Okay. I kind of like that aspect to it. I like how accessible it is. And we'll mm. talk about that yeah. when we, after, we, after we watch it. Well, with that being the case, shall we watch the film? Let's yes, do please. it. Okay, for those of you listening at home, pop in your DVDs and wait, don't. It's a trap! As we watch The Return I know what that is. of the Jedi. <laughs> Akbar. That's Akbar. Yeah, that's right. I knew that before you said it. And welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. Sans Lego. Yes, this is the actual version, not the Lego, Lego version. version. Joining me, we have uh, Tegan Mulvaney. Hello. And Patrick Downs. Sup, Tegan? That was your first time watching Star Wars Episode Six yep. without Lego <laughs> figures. Uh, what did you make of the actual film? Oh, it was fun. It was great to hear them use words and not just mumble to one another. Mm. Um. It was funny, like, it made me appreciate the Star Wars Lego games because they recreated every single set beautifully mm. with Lego. Now, like, the, the Lego games, I've, I've played a few of them. I, more specifically, I think I've played the Harry Potter ones more mm. so. Um, but I always felt they did a good job of recreating the atmospheres and feelings you have with the films. Was that the same for you with this film? Oh, definitely. They do go pretty much shot for shot, so they integrate the gameplay into... Uh, like shot for shot mm. um, kind of little episodes and you get to see a bit of action going on. So it was fun to actually not <laughs> not have to go. Oh, so this is the part where you have to be Skywalker and jump up and grab that thing to open that door because they actually had a storyline that mm. made the door open. You didn't have to do it yourself. So Indeed. it was really good. Excellent. Patrick, when did you last watch Return of the Jedi? Uh, I think maybe a year and a half ago was the last time I... 
watch this. Okay. And how how did it uh, stack up in this viewing? I mean, it's it's great. Every time it's great. Mm. Uh, as we said at the beginning, it's still without a doubt my favourite Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, you know, I, I, I love this movie. It's I, great. I really enjoyed it as well. And I, I've... I think I've discussed it when we've previously talked about when we reviewed Empire and New Hope going, I do um, sometimes flip-flop on which is my favourite and Return of the Jedi is usually competing with Empire. And it, yeah. f- for me, it kind of depends which one I've seen more recently, I think is how <laughs> right, it goes. Right, right. Yeah. Because um, Empire gives you all the sort of high drama and, and you know, the, the fantastical elements of, of this uh, world yeah. George Lucas built. But the, the thing that I really enjoy about this film is that it does that and is fun. Yes. This is, this is a fun film, which yeah. is a really unusual turn for uh, the third film in a trilogy yeah. to go. Normally it's mm. like, stuff's getting serious and we're going to wrap it up yeah. with big climaxes, which you, you, you still get. You, blow some people's minds yeah uh empire's a bit of a slog i know everyone's mm. like it's the best star wars movie ever it's quite serious and it drags at times mm. and I, I love yeah. it i love them all i love the original trilogy they're all fantastic they're you know uh what's the word i'm looking for um shaping good. shaping films what's the word I'm looking for? um good formative they're formative they're movies good. for me um they're all brilliant mm. Empire can be a bit of a drag. I I, I agree. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm going to say Empire is, um, is 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 a very serious film. It's very serious. It, it's wearing its very serious hat. Um, whereas this film, you've got lots of fun comedy side moments, which I think work. Um, yep. Obviously, the Ewoks are sort of the big example um, of something which stands out as being. Something which is is funny in some instances, you know, seeing yeah, how yeah. they interact, and some people may not like that, and that's okay. Um, no, they're fools. Yeah. Those people are joyless losers. Yeah. Okay, well, that's uh, Patrick's words. That's not, no, not that's mine. just science. Oh, okay. That's science fact, not science fiction. Yeah, there we exactly. go. Okay, well, this film begins um, yeah. with when I was a child. My favorite, I guess, section of any of the Star Wars films was all the stuff in Jabba's palace. Yeah. Uh, and it I think rules. it rules. I think it's also because your heroes are all sort of in trouble, and you've got all these weird-looking aliens, like the guy with three eye stalks, who I always yep. really liked, and uh, you got this big Jabba puppet there, which still looks amazing. Yeah, yeah it's um, awesome. Yeah, and just that whole sequence is such a. F- it, you know what it feels like? What? It it feels like DLC content for like a big video game, where it's like a big side <laughs> mission that's happening. <laughs> Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. you know, because it, it's not, it, it, it's only integral to the story in that it's how they get harmed. But it's also about. half an hour of the film. Yeah. The first half hour of the movie is Jabba's Palace. Mm. Like, that's a quarter of the movie. Yeah. But the thing is, is it's fun. And it's sort of, you know, I mean, what it does do in terms of story is it shows, ooh, Luke Skywalker's a badass now. He's yeah. as close to being a, a full-blown Jedi. Um, but it's just really fun. Does show you how epic the world is as well. I mean, I'm assuming that a lot of those characters in Jabba's palace, are, they wouldn't have seen, wouldn't have seen them before. Some of them, like there's, I know there's mm. a Jawa in there, and there's a couple of others, but there's clearly yeah, yeah, yeah. new aliens and characters in there that you wouldn't see before. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. For so sure. I, I find that amazing. So that, like, right at the start of the third film, when you think the, the universe and the imagination of the you know the, the the designers and Lucas and all of those people couldn't think of anything new, and they've got this 
whole, you know, because you've got the cantina, obviously, in New Hope. Yep. And then yep. you've got this similar scene with a whole new plethora yeah. of weirdo characters mm. as it's well. It's like cantina times 10. I know. You know. It's yeah. fun. It's, and I like that their choices that they've made to within the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes, they go, we're going to blow your mind with a few more whacked out characters. Yep. Mm. And they've let the Henson, you know, puppeteers and designers just go nuts. Mm. Yeah. You've got Bib Fortuna. You've got Bib Fortuna. You've got Max Rebo. You've got Cy Snootles. You've got Salacious B. Crumb. You've got <laughs> Mr. You... Tits Pervert. Uh, yes, you do. Uh, for, for those who... Uh, uh, maybe not aware, the Rancor Keeper, uh, the guy who looks a bit like a sad Johnny Vegas <laughs> without a shirt on, um, is is Mr. Tits Pervert from the Bridget Jones film. Yeah, Fitz Herbert, Tits Pervert, Tits Pervert. Yeah. That's, yeah. I was so excited when I, when I saw that. <laughs> yeah. I did think it was Johnny Vegas at yeah. first and, and then just realized The idea the of Johnny age. Vegas being in these films. If they recast it, he'd yeah. be in it. You We've killed been- me, f***ing Rancor! <laughs> Oh, I'm to gonna cry myself to sleep. Or oh, from to Sarlax. <laughs> Do it. Do it, Jabba. I'm sad. <laughs> that would be so fun. Uh, just just a note for uh, Disney. If they are going to remake the original trilogy and really upset everyone. Get or Johnny a note Vegas. to Johnny Vegas, if you're listening. Can yeah. you write an entire comedy show as the Rancor Keeper, please? It'd be amazing. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, there's so many fun little side bits, like you say, like the bit where C3PO and R2D2 have been taken prisoner because Luke has sort of said, Your gifts for Jabba. And you've got the, the they're being interrogated by the robot master, you know, the how many languages yep. do you speak? Yep. Um, it's just so much of it, particularly. Meanwhile, other droids are being tortured in the background. Yeah, <laughs> which we, when we were watching, we were talking, how. How does a droid get to a position where it can be tortured? Like, who who programmed them to feel pain? Well, I reckon part of it... I mean, I don't know about when the one that they're, where they're, they're burning its feet. I don't know about that. Yeah. But there is that psychological torture, I guess, of that okay. one that's being kind of blown up, disintegrated, blown yeah. apart. And that obviously really affects C-3PO. Yeah. So I guess there's, like, the idea of, like... I don't know. That, you know... Is it, maybe it's more a psychological torture That's than a physical much. one. Although they, although they were burning that droid's feet and it was like screaming, so I don't know yeah. what was going on there. But. Maybe maybe they're all in on it and they're just programmed to be like torture actors oh, yeah. to like scare <laughs> the newbies. He is coming. Get ready. No, no, no! <laughs> just reforms yeah. for the next droids to come through. Yep. Um, so Luke does turn up uh, and he's got... He's, he, Force chokes the the pit yeah, guards, which G- is where you... uh, sorry, <clears throat> the Gamorian guards. Sorry, the um, Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy guards. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're green and they're in space. It's the same thing. Uh, <laughs> but the um, yeah, Force chokes the the guards, and that's a, ooh, that's different from Luke. That's that's quite dark. Yeah. And I think it's and he some... also because he's got the cloak on, he looks like the Emperor at the end. It's foreshadowing. Yeah, well, I think this whole film is basically really toying around with the idea of turning bad uh yeah. Yeah, of, yeah. you know obviously it's something which we then see quite poorly done over three films in the prequel trilogy mm. with anakin and it's something that they've they're playing around with with the character of kylo ren in the newer trilogy yeah as well. but kind of the other way where it's like yeah bad to going good yeah interesting to see what's going to happen in this this newest one but anyway yeah but yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it is really interesting looking at how luke is is sort of on the edge and it does feel in in the first half of this film at least that he could go 
rogue. He could go either. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. As, he's, as he's starting to uh, come to grips with his new power, his new responsibilities, being the last of the Jedi. And knowing um, that Vader's his dad. As well. And knowing that Vader's his dad. It's, it's, a re- it's very much a um, you know, metaphorical, growing up, rebellious phase kind of thing. You know, of learning your responsibilities and learning your place. Mm. So we then get to the um, the Sarlacc pit sequence, yep. um, which also features one of the Great Pit of Kakun, home you. of the Almighty Sarlacc, in whose stomach you will find a new definition for pain, <laughs> as you are slowly digested over a thousand years. I'm curious as to how that works. Like, how does it keep you alive? Okay, so I don't because I was curious about it. So okay, so it's Star Wars. So everything has its own expanded universe mm. novel or story or something and i did read about the sarlacc once and it actually injects its victims with an enzyme that keeps them alive mm. long beyond their natural lifespan and just like and that's how it gets its um its life that's you know you know that's where it gets its own life force from because it lives out in the middle of nowhere it needs to keep every bit of food it gets alive for as long as it can there's a wasp that does that there They've you go. taken that from nature. So there you a, go. So it's actually a real thing. That um, mm. a tiny, tiny wasp that inject that goes into other insects and paralyzes them, and then lays her eggs in them, and it's kind of. And then the eggs then have they need to eat live meat when they come alive mm. and they get born. So, so they've taken that from. There you go. Yep. It's very well researched for mm. a weird beaky plant. Yeah. Yeah. So that 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 is the. <laughs> I was going to say the science. That's the story behind fact. the Sarlacc. That's the fact about how it keeps its victims alive. It like, yeah, it, it, it injects them with this enzyme that keeps them alive over a thousand years. That's pretty excellent. Yeah. But this this sequence also features the... None f- of that's in the movie, by no, the way. No. <laughs> I'd, all... like, I'd like to imagine C-3PO boring Those someone. are extra readings for nerds only, everyone. <laughs> yeah, um... Is that a classic edition stomach rules, or is it like the new Disney edition stomach no, rules? No, I, th- I mean, that's what would now be considered legends. Right. Since Disney took over, they got rid of all the expanded universe so the Disney that was version, canonical. It might have a different end. Exactly. The, yeah, the Disney version might have an entirely different way of mm. keeping their, its victims alive. I don't know. So. I feel as though we're focusing on very specific parts of this film. That's, look, pull me up on that, because yeah. that's going to happen a lot. <laughs> okay, but one thing I did want to address with the Sarlax yep. is this features one of the more notable changes with the new editions, which yeah. is the Sarlax now has the beak. And a few extra tentacles as well. Yeah. Um, now, I tended to notice when these things came up, mostly because uh, someone in the room made a noise like this. Ah, uh, or, ooh, or that's different. Like, you know, those kind of things. And... I personally, whilst not necessarily being a big fan of most of the changes, I mm. kind of feel as though a lot of them are superfluous. Yep. I'm also not that bothered by them generally in my viewing. And I know that other people feel more strongly about this. Yep. And, and certain changes I do think are really dumb, like the addition of the song in Jabba's Palace with um, the CGI characters. Yeah. You know Size Noodles and, um, oh, what's his name? Yowzer. Mo Yowza or something. The guy that goes, oh, oh, ah. They look like the aliens from MIB. Like, they, they left over aliens from Men in Black that they just had would have been around the same time. 97, when the special editions came out. 
When was Men in Black? 97, 96. I think. 96, 97. There you go. There you go. Yeah. One of them is the, you know, in the video clip that, Oh my God, you're it's right. Her. It looks like her. I was like, oh. She had a good year. She got cast in multiple things. But yeah, it, it like that felt quite egregious uh, for me. And obviously the big one dumb. from this film comes at the end. Yeah, with, we'll uh, get to that. Which we'll we, get to. We need to block off a good chunk of time for that one. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, as, as a big fan yeah, of Patrick, yeah, yeah, yeah. are there any of those changes that you actually think benefit the film? Benefit the film? Yeah. Um, not especially. Um, I Look... I, so, as you said, the special editions came out in 97. So, those were the ones I... 97, I was nine. So, those were the ones I kind of grew up... I'd seen the original theatrical releases before they made the special editions. Mm. But the special edition ones were the ones that I grew up with for the most part. They were the ones we had on video. Um, they're the ones I'm most familiar with. Mm. And I haven't seen the original theatrical versions in a in a very long time like maybe not since i was a kid i think i've seen a new hope the despecialized edition i think it's called i think i've seen that but the other two i don't think i've seen the original theatrical version since i was a kid Mm. so i don't really remember what it's like but i mean you can tell obviously you can tell what cgi and what's been added to answer your question no look i don't think there are too many that actually add to the film, it's mm. kind of just George Lucas going, oh, I want to play with my computer. Oh, cool. I think they're lame. I think... They are a bit lame. They, they, they don't look right. Well, as no, because the, yeah. the whole point of the world and... Like, the whole point of the relationship between Lucas and the Henson Studios is to create those incredible creatures and those incredible effects that they do. You know, like they come to life more those what are they called the the big troll looking guys uh the rancor no 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 the 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 guards oh the gamorian guards the gamorian guards like yeah. they've got saliva running out of them yeah, like they're yeah. made to look really alive yeah. and the suits that the that the not the wookies the ewoks are wearing like Yes, they're suits, but they're still sw- they're cute the the personalities of the actors bring them to life because yep. they're real yep. and then it just looks really lame when then you have like those two creatures singing or the Sarlacc with a beak. Yeah, the beak because the beak wasn't there too much. That didn't bother me as much as mm. yeah, fair enough. Some of the other bits and pieces, um, like some of the CG, some of the CGI, because there's still the special effects from the early eighties in there, like mm. the the walk, the chicken walker. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the stop motion. The stop motion. Is, is, is like the Robocop, you know, the... Oh, uh, you have uh, 10 what's seconds it, uh, to comply. ED, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, that's, it looks, this, it's the claymation kind of walking thing, yeah. which is so much, you forgive that so much more when you look, when you see that, but not when it's, when you've got like those car things running past it, which is CGI'd in or, yeah. you know, and when you've got clear blue screen work, in some of those action scenes and then you have CGI, it's like it 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 doesn't make the older effects look any worse, I don't think. It just makes the newer effects look completely out of place. There's yeah. also the fact that those effects are now twenty years old in terms of but the technology. It. Like yeah. you know, yeah. we, we used to special effects in the, you know, this time period which are, you know, the stuff that's being done by studios like Marvel for their similar sort of big high concept 
fantasy slash science fiction stuff obviously looks really good but may 20 years from now look as dated as these look possibly um, but they do look really dated and also they yeah. they don't feel like they belong because the they weren't shot yeah. with that being intended that's right well, they're, they're that's very what saying, that's what i mean by that yeah. it looks like the mib monster it's shot yeah. very 90s style mm. but also 90s style. style but we <laughs> talked about all the way through they're all just out there getting jiggy with it and it's like i'm trying to watch star <laughs> no, no, wars no, 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 no. um we talked about all the way through the film how beautiful the set dressing is mm. and how beautiful yeah. um how beautiful it looks and how much thought has gone into all of the attention to detail and part of that is the puppetry and yeah. the costuming. Mm. And so when you CGI something there for the sake of it, it's it's kind of like sticking a finger up to all of the work that was done yeah, absolutely. at the time on yeah. set. I, like I look at that and I go, that's really arrogant. Mm. It is, it is. And that's the big problem. You've got to give George Lucas credit because he did create Star Wars. Mm. He's sort of, the whole thing is his idea. Great, all of that stuff. But you're totally right, Tegan, when you say it's arrogant because you are undermining the work of all of those designers, mm. of all of those actors, all of the puppeteers, mm. everyone who breathed life into these creatures and also the sets and the, mm. you know, all the you know, model makers and everything. Yeah. You're completely undermining the work they did to make these movies look so great by mm. sticking... Uh, you know, little computer crap in the background. Yeah. To play double Because it looks Africa. so disparate. Yeah. It looks so disparate from everything else that's going on. Yeah. To play devil's advocate, uh, because I, I agree, but mm. also it, it, I, I think it ultimately comes back to... And the fact that you when, can't when, get the original yeah. theatrical versions well, that, anymore. Well, that's the thing that's I have the issue huge, with. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the fact of the matter is it's, it's that big argument of... of who does art belong to but specifically yeah. with film it's when is a film finished because yeah. remasters are always going to be an option so fair enough but remastering is very different to what george lucas has done exactly mm. so it, i think it's it's interesting that we have a um we sort of have a, a, a it's not an obvious line but we have a line for where it's yeah you can maybe clean up the image you can maybe fix a couple of little bits here and there but if it's something that wasn't originally there and you've dropped yeah. it in that feels wrong what's what's and you know i guess you could argue the point that we had to find that line to know where it was so yeah. in a way it was you could argue that they didn't know any better so they did it and then we like, everyone was like that nah, probably wasn't very good yeah so now we know you could argue that if not for the fact that you still can't get the original films. I think that is the, the key if they thing. If they turned around and said, we understand that wasn't the best idea, mm. so now you can buy the original theatrical cuts on Blu-ray. That's mm. the thing. A like, film like Blade Runner, which mm. has got a million different endings now, yeah. you can still get all of the different endings. Absolutely. You can still get... My other issue with it is I don't know how much you can justify the changes when there are things like like in A New Hope when the stormtrooper bashes his head on the door and now yeah. they've put a sound effect on it yeah. to make people yeah. see it. Like, so they've accentuated the ridiculous, but then they've thought the Yub Nub song is too stupid. So mm. they've taken that out to put in a more passionate song. You know, like yeah, those critical choices. It's like, but where do you, who's making that choice? And then mm. where do you stop? Because one is funny enough for you to make, a, to ridicule out of. Mm. And the other one... 
you've you've gone, no, it needs to be more sentimental. Yeah. The whole point of them going to Jabba's palace um, was obviously to get Han Solo back. Yep. Uh, he is freed from his carbonite prison by uh, a mysterious bounty hunter named <laughs> Princess Leia. Who floats across the air because yeah. she's very petite. Yes. Um, and this brings up something which I only really started thinking about watching it this time is he gets released and they have that lovely uh, reunion and then you hear the oh, 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 and then suddenly oh, oh, everyone's oh, there. Oh, oh, oh. They're all uh, hiding behind uh, curtains. Uh, 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 so what I want to know is when did they actually go and hide behind those curtains? It's With, a really small space yeah. too, isn't it? Because yeah. Jabba's a big dude and you've yeah. got to get robots and all sorts and there's another curtain I also feel him. like Jabba has trouble moving on his own. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, so he needs his mates to get him, he needs his carers to get him That's into position. That's why there's so many of them. He's like, yeah. I want to hide. I'm just trying to imagine the, the situation where he's essentially going, hide, funny happened. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. And they're like, oh my God. All right, get the winch and pulleys ready. Yeah. Boba Fett's just hiding there. He's in the other curtain, just kind of going, all right, just remember, we, we're not allowed to laugh. No, no, no. These are the new additions. Oh, so he'd be like, all right, uh, just make sure we're not allowed to laugh, eh? <laughs> That's true. Bro, yeah. um, It's me, Tamira Morrison. It's me, Boba Fett. <laughs> it's me, Boba Fett. I love the uh, the reveal, though, of just... You know, I once was a warrior. Of just a curtain <laughs> opening. Like, it feels really low budget, but it's really fun just yeah, to see great. that reveal. Um, and so Jabba's obviously cross. He decides, right, you're all going to get um, executed. Uh, throws Luke into the Rancor pit, and Luke fights off the Rancor pit in a sequence which really holds up. That the, like you're saying, oh, the Rancor fight, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Rancor looks great. Puppetry, yeah, used incredible, yeah, yeah. Going back a little bit to what we were talking about in terms of when things can, you know, enhance enhance the film. Yeah. That's fine. That is okay. Smoothing it out, making it look like it actually fits mm. in with its its background. I'm okay with that. That, but to me, that goes in line with remastering. Yeah. You're not adding new footage in there. You're not adding new characters in the background. You're just making everything look a bit nicer. Mm. That I am cool with. Yeah. So the Rancor fight happens. Johnny Vegas gets upset. Uh, and then we get... But the Rancor fight, sorry, is awesome. It is it's awesome. such a good bit of action. Uh, we get to the Sarlacc pit. That obviously all goes um, tits up when Luke basically decides, I want to fight my way out. Um, yep. Lightsaber turns on and Patrick, it's green. It's green. That's still it's cool. green. It's a green lightsaber, you guys. It's so cool. Okay, so, uh, you know, seven-year-old me, I, you know, I watched New Hope. Mm. I watched Empire Strikes Back. I'm like, okay, so you get blue lightsabers for good guys, green lightsabers, I'm uh, sorry, red lightsabers are for bad guys. Makes perfect sense. I'm with you 100%. Wait, what? I'm sorry. You can get awesome bright green lightsabers now. So cool. And I have to say, I think it is the coolest looking. Absolutely. The green lightsaber yeah. is the coolest lightsaber. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Samuel L. Jackson. I know you all disagree. He sucks. You. That purple lightsaber is dumb and doesn't make sense. Okay. Fight me, Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> you 70-something-year-old man. <laughs> uh, that's a fight I'd like to see. Yeah, I still have my money on him. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's in good shape. Uh, but the... Um, yeah, so so they have the fight. Uh, Lando Calrissian's there. There he is. How you doing, everybody? Yeah, <laughs> and he's there to try and free him, and almost gets eaten by a sarlacc. But the um, slowly sight uh, recovering uh, Han Solo manages to save him by shooting. Because Han Solo is suffering from hibernation sickness. Yeah, and he's just there going like, oh, I can't see stuff. No, it's okay. I've got I it. I can see a lot better. I love that little. I love that. that see, those are the moments where. Um, 
where humor comes into it. They're not yeah. gags. They're not silly jokes or anything like that, which if we're comparing it to some of the newer films... You feel as though the jokes are more obvious? Yes. Like- so if we take Last Jedi, for example, mm-hmm. um, you, you know the bit I'm talking about, Tegan, when at the very beginning when Poe Dameron's making that, like he's making like your mama jokes and stuff like that. I hate Poe. Don't even um, hate him. He's, he's doing like that waiting, you know, it's like, oh, can I hear you? Can you hear me now? Can you yeah. hear me? It's like that stuff is, is dumb. It doesn't make sense. Hmm. Well, it makes sense, but it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit the rest It feels of too much from our world and not yeah, of Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But whereas that little back and forth between Han and Lando, mm. where Lando's got the tentacle wrapped around his leg, it's pulling him into the pit, and, and Lando just goes, I thought you were blind. It's all right, I can see a lot better now. Like, yeah. that's such a funny little yeah. exchange. Really funny to us, makes perfect sense in the context. No one's trying to make a joke. Yeah. But it's really entertaining. Yeah. That is as funny as Star Wars it's should well get, in my opinion. As well, very well performed. It's, mm. it's clever lines, very concise, simple lines, very well performed. Lando's Billy D. Williams at that point is so it's genuinely shit scared. Like, yeah, he's terrified. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I believe that you're terrified of mm. this, and then it kind of brings out. I don't know. Maybe Harrison Ford should always act upside down being held by a Wookiee because he, yeah. he's doing a really good job. Yes, yeah. And they, they banter really beautifully. I also really like Boba Fett. Boba Fett, yeah. where? Boba Fett. It's the Boba jetpack. Fett. I love that bit. Um, we, before we leave Jabba's Palace, we do have to touch yeah. on the fact that we have um, the Princess Leia in a bikini thing, which is one of the more sort of iconic costume things that has come out sure, from Star Wars. Sure. If you go to conventions, you will usually see somebody, either costume. a lady or a guy, uh, in the in the bikini outfit, uh, wandering around. Um, it's a very distinctive look. Yep. Uh, but I also think it's totally in fitting with the fact that they've been captured by essentially a mafia don, like a big space Yeah, yeah, a big fat don. gross mafia guy. Yeah, yeah of course. You, Who's like... obviously a glutton. Yeah. There's considering how sexualized that image is, mm. and you know, within the context of what it is, there's no camera angles that are sh- she's not shot in any way that sexualizes her. No, yeah, there's no like Which, pan up her legs where it's yeah. like wow, you know, nothing like that. Mm. Did they have this scene in that where they do the he grabs her and they go down the zip line? Yeah, they swing off. Oh, her I miss that. Rope. Yeah, they do that. Where I'm you, like, if you're watching it, he cops a very quick look. And then, so it's it's when um it's when he's about to swing from the Luke, Luke the, and Leia. The, yeah, Luke yeah. and Leia. Is that the bit you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, is that what you were going to bring up? No, I I because I I know that obviously it's an iconic scene, and I don't remember watching it in this, but I remember just thinking that it's such an uncomfortable outfit to wear. Like yeah. it sh- she would have felt, you can tell almost that she's not feeling just the way she's ho- holds yeah. herself. She's, and she's, she's sitting, actually. Because Carrie Fish has actually spoken about wearing that, and that's what she said. She said she had to sit upright. Mm. She was she felt so uncomfortable. This is her yeah. own words. Yeah, she felt so uncomfortable. And George Lucas was like, mm, "Just sit a bit more upright, so we look, you look thinner." You know, because that's what we do to women. Yeah. Um, well, then I then I retract what I was going to say because I she looks she's like she's sitting that way because she's uncomfortable. But I was I was going to say she's not sexualized by the shots. But clearly, she's sexualized by the director. Yeah, yeah. I think the the cinematographer perhaps maybe wanted to look after her. Yeah, and didn't want to go make it um, salacious or gratuitous. Lucas obviously had different. Well, idea. I mean, when you're in the outfit, it's very difficult to not 
make it a salacious and gratuitous thing because that's what we generally associate with those sorts of outfits yes, in films. But I think what we're saying, or maybe I'm, maybe I'm not going to speak for you, but I think it's salacious and gratuitous for Jabba the Hutt. Hmm. Instead of for the instead director. of for the audience, and the yes. audience, yes. you know, we're yeah. not we're not being invited to look at her that way. It's very much just a this is what Jabba wants because he's exactly. a disgusting yeah. slug. Foreshadowed yeah. in the Character. the green woman who gets eaten by the yeah. rancor. Yeah, earlier on, who's tied he around the dresses neck. all his slaves in skimpy outfits. Yeah, so he needs yeah. a new slave, so he's dressed her like that. But because that, that's what I liked about the shooting of it. Mm. Um. It's unfortunate that she had to go through that. Yeah. Because she's never dressed sexily in the whole film. She's no. She's dressed in robes and she's dressed in regal attire and she's dressed... And in army gear for a lot of them yeah, as well. Yeah, she's a kick-ass, badass woman who can do everything that the guys can do, mm. most of the time better. So, yeah. so to go from that to what she has to wear... Mm. In that scene, you'd want it to... You can see why she has to wear it, but then also... I just liked that it wasn't shot to make yeah. a, a guy watching it kind of have a nice time. It hasn't stopped a lot of men from fetishizing it. Of though. course not. Of and, course not. Yeah, and also, Gary Fisher spoke, um, I believe it was on the Graham Norton show, basically saying she has had, more than, on more than one occasion, somebody come up to her like a man going... Essentially, you were the first woman I masturbated to. Um, and then turn to Daisy I've Ridley next clip. to her and go, good luck with that, essentially. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's... But, Very funny clip. But ultimately, I think that, you know, the, the fact that the Jabba sequence concludes with the barge being blown up and, like, R2-D2 pushing C-3P off the top of it so they can get rescued. And it's just a really fun way to start the film yeah. and it yeah. feels like a proper adventure and then we and you've get got that fantastic triumphant music yeah. playing as well in the background mm. um music in this film's incredible i mean in, in all of them it's incredible yeah. but i think this movie really and we'll get to we'll get to the bit right towards the end that always gives me goosebumps mm. um but there, there are moments in this film where the score just really underlines what's happening on screen so well and yeah. just amplifies it so mm. well yeah, uh, so they they get off Tatooine. Um, Luke goes one way because he's off to to Dagobah. Yep. The others are off to go have the rebel meeting. Um, Luke does get to Dagobah, or as Tegan sang during the film. And the day go by, would it come in the <laughs> I can't, I can't not sing it. No, when and it's entirely it. <laughs> fine. Or as Stephen said, at at this moment, it's night go by. Hmm. Don't Thank you. Encourage Thank him. You. It's wonderful. <laughs> mm. It was nighttime. Uh, but yeah, they get to Dagobah. Uh, Yoda's there. Hooray! But he's dying. Oh no. <sighs> and Yoda essentially is in there for a couple of minutes and basically goes, uh, Ooh, yeah, yeah, you're going to need to fight Darth Vader. Also, there's another Skywalker. Blah, drops dead. So I was thinking about this, right? So he's 900 years old, mm -hmm. as he says in that scene. Mm. We see him in the prequels. He's pretty healthy. He's bouncing around. He's killing guys with his lightsaber. He's fighting the Emperor. Yeah. He's pretty okay in Empire Strikes Back as well. Mm. And then we get to Return of the Jedi and he's just like, I'm out. Like, his health deteriorates 
really quickly. Sometimes that happens when you get beyond 800 years. But though. I was just thinking, because just... if you compare his, his lifespan to a human's, so we might have like, so, so we, we, we live to sort of 75, 80, you know, mm. if, in a, in a, if we're lucky enough to be white in a first world country. Mm. Um, in that, we maybe get like, our health can deteriorate very quickly if we get if we get ill. But if it's just old age, we might get a couple of years where it's real like mm. decline. I just want to know like the the percentage of like. Well, maybe like did he get sick or is it just the end of his life? Maybe you he know? was he was already sick prior to Empire Strikes Back. Maybe. I mean, maybe it's, it's, space in, it's entirely possible that even space before the prequels, he had a stroke, and that's why he talks the way he does. Maybe. Maybe that's like. not that's not an affectation. That's just brain damage. Maybe <laughs> switched it around. Um, maybe he's relapsed. Yeah, he's just yeah yeah. yeah. Or, or what I actually think is more likely um, in terms of his from his Jediness is him essentially just going. I'm I'm checking out because it's my time to go, guys. Possibly, he, guys. possibly, yeah. He's like, he's held on for as long as he can. I don't mean, I'm just, I yeah. just, it was just something yeah. that occurred to me in I this moment. I think it is like, an interesting point, though. Because his health deteriorates very rapidly. Yeah. Um, and so he passes away, but luckily the ghost of Obi-Wan turns up to <laughs> to have a very interesting conversation very with Very brief yeah. and frank well, discussion. Almost as though Alec Guinness was not wanting to be there for any longer More than More than half a day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, you need to do everything. You got me until 3.30. <laughs> and he, he essentially just reiterates that includes everything. makeup <laughs> he, he reiterates everything that yoda says yeah uh and then goes oh yeah and your sister is leia yes yes she is could have said anyone <laughs> chewy yes <laughs> chewy's a girl i'm surprised no one's picked that up yet search your feelings you'll know it to be true and so luke has this new information yeah. and jets off back to the rebellion meanwhile hard cut death star the emperor has turned up so this is a great bit where if we want to talk about the composition of shots and production design and everything you get that nice uh, sort of above head, overhead shot of the hangar where the Emperor's shuttle has landed. You see all the stormtroopers and all the officers and everything. Yeah. It's all very monochromatic. And gray and Gray black and black and, and, and white. white. And then the shuttle opens and just these few bright red um, mm. Imperial guards yeah. come out. And it's just, it's such an amazing, again, it goes back to talking about... The production design yep. in this film is incredible. It's such a wonderfully designed... First of all, the, the cinematography. It's such a wonderfully designed shot. The design, the production design is beautiful. Everything about that shot is just like, oh, mm. cinema in action. Mm. I and love it. you've got Ian Mc, McDiamond playing the Emperor and just... It's such a great villain. He's brilliant. His, isn't he? his voice, his, his kind of messed up face, all the makeup that's on him, yep. his movements, everything is just wonderful. It's, yep. it's such a great, just pantomimically evil, but not over the top yep. kind of performance. Yep. Um, and he's busting around Darth Vader, which I remember as a kid was like, what, Darth Vader's yeah. got a boss? Yeah. Um, but yeah, seeing, seeing that, it's, it's really wonderful. Um, it's a great performance. And it sets us up for our, for our big climactic yeah. finale where they've built another Death Star. I just want to go back a little bit to talk about the, the Emperor and, mm. and sort of the portrayal of him. Mm. And I think why he's such a brilliant villain is because outwardly he's so frail. 
But the way it's Ian still McDermott, so ominous. That's though. it. But the, the way Ian McDermott carries himself, the way he portrays the character, it's like outwardly he's frail, but he carries him with such a sense of power and gravitas. So it's like, yeah. oh, this guy's dangerous because he doesn't need shields or weapons. He, yeah. or he doesn't need to show off. Yeah. Mm. And again, know. it harks back to Luke at the start a little bit where. There's something that Luke is carrying with him when he walks into Jabba's castle, which shows that something's changed Absolutely. and that he, there's a power in him. So he doesn't, he, all he needs is a cloak mm. to yeah. come in yeah. with. He doesn't need to disguise himself. Yeah. And to see that, yeah, the, just the choices with the Emperor. And I think they an important choice to see his face and let him emote and yeah. let him act yeah. and perform. Um, because that's we were laughing about it with Darth Vader about like <laughs> <laughs> when Darth Vader's looking to the side, how do you know he's still talking to you and yeah. Yeah, yeah, and all that sort of stuff, and <laughs> just watching them obviously try to film like close-ups of Vader's helmet, it's sometimes a little bit comical. Yeah. And all yeah, the, yeah. the Imperials are just looking at him like, are, "Are you done talking to me?" Is that? Yeah, uh, but I okay. feel like they lean into that a little bit. Yeah, you know, they go like, "Okay, this is something that they that these guys would have to actually deal with." Mm-hmm. Yeah, if your superior is a man in a like a robot mask <laughs> who has no emotions, you would have to go. You see, that's what they take the piss is he still from talking in to me? Spaceballs. Yeah, yeah. but, but that, I feel yeah. like they even do it a little bit in the Star Wars mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. Like yeah. they acknowledge it. That They're obviously afraid to mention anything because he just kind of goes. Lord Vader, yeah. <laughs> very politely, like, <laughs> yeah. please don't force choke me. He doesn't do it in these movies, but in the other two, he's force choking. He's people. force choking officers left, mm. and he's killing gu- his own officers left and right. Yeah. Right. Um, so the the rebels have the plan to. There's another Death Star. Well, let's blow it up again. Let's see how yeah. that goes. Um, so they need to take down the there's shield. No exhaust port this time. No. So well, I mean, to... the, whole, the whole thing's kind of open though. So <laughs> they're like, quick, we got to get it before they, I guess, put the cap on it or something. Um, yeah. So there's a shield which is being generated on the forest moon of Endor. Han Solo and Leia and Luke are there to try and lead the rebellion. There's an awesome speeder bike chase yep. through the forest. Iconic bit of action. Yeah, it's just it still looks so That's good. That's really fun in Lego Star Wars, that bit too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I le- think, so I've played a lot of Star Wars video games mm-hmm. and they have tried to replicate the speeder bike chase in so many games mm-hmm. and I think... Lego Star Wars might be the only one where they've actually pulled it off. It's so really? fun. Yeah. Okay. It sucks in so many video games. It, you're right there. I agree. So I'm Lego excited. Star Wars might be the only one where they've made it work. That's brilliant. Um, but yeah, Leia uh, gets separated from Luke. She gets thrown off the bike and knocked out. And when she wakes up, there's a little Warwick Davis poking her with his spear because he's playing Wicket the Ewok. And it's just... The Ewoks are fun, and I know lots of people don't like the Ewoks because they were... They're fools. They were very much the face of the kind of like... Joyless fools. The big merchandising thing that was happening with Star Wars uh, in the 80s. And I know some people look at them and go, oh, you can't take them seriously. They're two-foot bear people. What's going on? But I like them. And I think the consensus in the room is the Ewoks are actually really fun. They are great. But they make sense for the world that they've established. It's Mm, a forest world. They're forest creatures who are... (laughs) somewhat evolved you know they've got prehensile thumbs and they're, yeah. they're little bear people and they can and they've got build a primitive nation like they've built everything around them like it yeah. it works it's mm. i don't i don't understand other than the cynical black hearts of many star wars fans mm. yep. that why they would dislike it it's a 
they're ugly, but kind of cute. Yeah. Like a, lot funny. Of things, like a lot of things in Star Wars. Like Mark Hamill. They're ugly, but kind of cute. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I, I think they, they, they work. Like you say, they're part of that world. I certainly don't think they are um, stopping the story being told. Uh, in no. any way, I feel no, as though, not at all. I feel as though they they do become very important, um, and because I think obviously the big thing with like so many dark lords in fantasy, it's always the things they overlook. It's like, oh, yeah. we can just put a shield generator. What they got some bear people? Pff, we don't they need don't to worry. We'll about just them. laser them. Yeah, it's a yeah. plot. It's a it's a plot device that's used beautifully well using mm. those guys. I still reckon it's it's a critique of the Vietnam War. <laughs> oh yes, where you've got the Ewoks playing the uh, the native they're, Vietnamese. Yeah, they're like the yeah, they're like the North Vien- Vietnamese yeah. who were guerrilla warfare um is what they did. Mm. And so the big Americans came in with like huge bombers and mm. like they just thought if they threw all the firepower at them that they would win, but there was so many North Vietnamese and because they were so stupid more people kept joining the 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 Reds, the commies, because mm. they were just killing everyone. Mm. Yeah. And they didn't know how to fight guerrilla warfare. They didn't know how to... They had big machines that were... That's it. They were fighting an entirely were, different war. That's mm. it. They were not used to fighting in jungles. This It just felt like... Oh, I was just watching it going, this is... As the daughter of a Vietnam veteran, mm. I was like, this is like watching um, a Ken Burns documentary on the Vietnam <laughs> War. A little less bloodshed, a little less dead people, but... I just really want a sad montage cutaway <laughs> of an Ewok writing a letter. Dear to Chuck Chuck. Listen. Today is the third the day jungle. of fighting. <laughs> better run through the yub nub. <laughs> the Empire have many men and they Some are. Some folks are born. Yub nub. <laughs> hey yeah. children, what's that sound? Yub nub. Yub nub. <laughs> All along the yub nub. And the times they are in yub nub. <laughs> Love the smell of yub nub in the morning. <laughs> anyway, so Leia is taken in by the Ewoks. The Ewoks then eventually capture the rest of our heroes with a big net because Chewbacca is. Essentially, just hungry. hungry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but they think C three PO is a god because he's a golden idol uh, yeah. sort of looking dude. And they start doing that. Oh, 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 oh. Um, and oh, <laughs> it is a bit like that. Isn't yeah, it? the re- the rebels take him on board. Uh, they, they take on board the rebels uh, after C three PO and uh, Luke Skywalker's cool Jedi chair trick uh, make them think he is a god and has powers. Um, and they get them on side, and that ends up being important. R2-D2 Luke- starts zapping butts. Yeah. Just to- <laughs> Pissed off. He's annoyed. They were mean. Yeah. They tried uh, to roast him. Yeah. Luke, though, realizes that he has to confront Vader. Uh, you know, Obi-Wan and Yoda have both said this. He is, speaks to Leia just before he goes off to hand himself over to the Empire and says, uh, this is a lot of news for you, but we're siblings, and our dad is Darth Vader. Yeah. Surprise. Um, and obviously she has to take that all on board, um, but he's essentially saying, I've got to do this, I've got to confront Vader. I think there's still good in him. Um, and it sets up, it sets us up nicely for this sort of three-way big finale sequence where you've got yep. the rebel ships coming in with Lando and Akbar getting ready to have a, probably the best space fight of the original trilogy. Like, just, just the way... Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely the biggest in scale. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, yeah. probably the most. Uh, the Death yeah. Star Trench run is amazing, but I feel yeah. as though this just has so much going on that all, all works really well. And it, yeah, I, it actually is really great. Yeah, it is yeah. so well, and it's so well composed that even though it's a big mess of a fight, you always know what's happening. It, it never yeah. feels like you're yeah. lost in there. Uh, area number two of interest is the battle on Endor after the. Um, Rebels think they've taken over the base, and the Empire are like, ha-ha, we've tricked you. And then the Ewoks come and go, ha-ha, tricked again. <laughs> uh, and then, obviously, fight number three taking place on the Death Star, where Palpatine is goading Luke and saying, do it, strike me down, and your path to the dark side will be complete. Complete. Yeah, just so great. And yeah. then, obviously, he ends up fighting Darth Vader. Yep. Um, and it's such a... It, it's just really interesting the way they cut between those three sequences. Mm. Um, I don't feel as though the cuts are happening very quickly. I feel as though that's something we would see more in a contemporary film. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think we got more time in each of the areas to really get a sense of what was happening. Yeah, it feels like there's natural beats mm. in between the three plot lines. Like, okay, this is where there's a lull in this in this scene, in the, in this storyline, hmm. so we'll cut to the next one. Yeah. This is, a, okay, now there's a lull in this one, we'll cut to the next one. Like you say, there's room to breathe. Hmm. If this were made now, it would be non-stop, cutting back and forth, you know, would get, it'd, it'd be, and it'd be too much hmm. to, to comprehend. This feels very natural, hmm. while still frenetic and, and exciting. There's a, there's a, a wonderfully restrained pace to it, mm. which I like. It's it's simple editing. It's not. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean that in sense of it's being used very cleverly, but they're not mm. trying to use the edit to uh, enhance what's happening. On they yeah. they know that the sequences they've got are enough. They just need to show us totally bits from yeah. each. Yeah each area um and ultimately that the, the big confrontation is between luke and vader and yep. that's the emotional core yeah. of the film is and particularly that, yeah. when you get to the bit where vader realizes who leia is oh yeah yeah this is the thing that gave you chills this from- is my fa- it might be one of my favorite parts mm. of the entire star wars saga yeah what is it exactly about that moment because obviously it for me it feels as though it's everything that we've been building to yep. it's it's that big good versus evil clash but it's also the fact that Luke really cuts loose. Yep. And I think that's that's such an interesting it's way of that happens, It's a yeah. really cathartic moment because Vader thinks he's in control. We get some great dialogue. First, mm. we get some wonderful dialogue um, with, you know, sister. You have a twin sister. It's, you know, wonderful dialogue. Luke just loses it is a very cathartic battle where he is just wailing on vader mm. he's overwhelms him you know every like you say everything luke has been building to is is just uh, everything luke has been building to become that's terrible english but you know what i'm trying to say yeah. look I've, I've i've had a few rums i'm you know i'm yeah. like i am into it um he just completely overwhelms vader you get that wonderful choral music yeah that swells in the background as he is just you know as as he's just belting vader with his lightsaber mm. completely overwhelming him some fantastic cinematography where you see the two of them there's no close cuts you get a nice wide shot where you mm. can just see them going at each other 
and he finally beats him down and slices his hand off and it's just like like you say everything just comes full circle and then at that very moment is when he has his realization yeah, of yeah i can't do this um yeah. and you you know you have palpatine coming down the stairs going good, good. and you know mm. excellent i was wondering if i didn't like i don't like how much palpatine kind of um goes well i know that you know i'm going to tell you what's going to happen because he seemed to come in at those points where uh he was hindering his purpose as opposed to helping it but Mm. i i was just thinking about that then but luke says that at the start where he says your arrogance is your arrogance your confidence is your downfall and that's exactly what happened friends is yours what was it Uh, no no, that's what palpatine Palpatine says back no you're totally right again was an arrogant thing Palpatine immediately is arrogant goes your faith in your friends is yours because he probably would have joined him Hmm. if palpatine wasn't like no 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 it's literally what he's doing it's like i'm smarter than you um and i'm a wanker basically yeah, i've basically backed you into a corner yeah but because he's but then it luke because luke's too cool for school he turns around and goes eat shit man <laughs> like yeah and you know it gives him time to ponder if palpatine wasn't doing that he probably would have killed his dad and then been the next yeah, yeah. the next one ultimately though he does reject the dark side and says yeah. no i'm a jedi like my father before yeah. me i love that they he sees the robot hand that i didn't like that was mm. a reveal to me that I didn't know. Yeah. Um, and I loved that that it was like I am just doing what Dad exactly. did. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's this is the routine. This is going to be if I have a kid, this is the next thing that mm. happens, and this happens again and again. Or if Leia has a kid, that's the next thing that happens, mm. which is what Kylo enough. Ren. Yeah. Uh, you know, mm. it's a continuation that they've that they have explored. So I really. I liked that moment because it gave me reason as a viewer to to understand Skywalker's decision to not follow through because he's mm. like, oh, it's just a pattern. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to stop this pattern. Yeah, and then of course Palpatine reveals I can do Force lightning and just basically <laughs> says, cool. Well, I'm just going to torture and kill you now. Yeah, uh, and that leaves Darth Vader with a pretty simple choice. It's um, you know, the the fact is is that Luke has been so dogmatic about the fact there's still good in Vader. That, and then he sees this person who has been trying to do good and also is his son being abused by his his master, someone who obviously has been an important figure in his life, but probably he recognizes as has abused his position to to control Darth Vader. Mm. Um, and I just think when he picks him up and throws him down the shaft, it's great. It's just such a such a cool way of doing that. Takes his sweet time though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, I mean, he's got his, he's got. But even that, this when he when he's like, okay, here's heaps of lightning, here's heaps of lightning, dad, father, and then, and now I'm going to kill you. And then he lightnings for about thirty seconds mm. with just double take Vader going all double take Vader, like mm. head this way, head that way it, again. It but goes, you have to think about it this way: he's known Palpatine for. Virtually his entire life, especially, and we know now from the prequels, virtually his entire life, he's known Palpatine. Yeah. He's only known Luke for 
a couple of years. I and just even mean he doesn't logis- know him that well. I just mean logistically. Like hmm. he literally says, "This last burst is going to kill you." But that's and it was longer than the other bursts. Hmm. It should have been. Five seconds shorter. I feel like Palpatine was toying with him at that point. I feel like he was going to kill him, but he was just, he was holding back a little bit. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'll buy that. That's what I thought was happening. Because what Maybe. I loved about that as well, watching it this time, I hadn't noticed it before, watching it this time with the with the Sith lightning, um, or the Force lightning, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, force they, lightning. They don't oh, say Sith lightning. in the original trilogy, which mm. is interesting. But anyway, that's another topic. That's another discussion. Mm. It, it's obviously so powerful, but again, he's not really trying that hard. It, he doesn't it, need to. It, exactly. Again, he confident. doesn't need to. It's like, it's like this is actually so easy for him to cast lightning out of his fingers. He can snuff out life that easily. Mm. It comes across, and that's part of what makes him so terrifying. Yeah. And so... Again, it's that it's that it's a classic story where yeah, he's got all of the physical power in the world, mm. but he can't comprehend. Just, you, you get it in Harry Potter, you get it in all of these types of stories. Mm. The main villain is the most physically powerful being in the universe, but they just can't comprehend self-sacrifice and love mm. and goodness. Yeah. They physically can't comprehend it, yeah. which is ultimately their undoing. Mm. You know? So yeah, he gets I went off topic a bit there. No, but. no, I think that's a really excellent point. Um and so that that blindness to that is his downfall. Mm. Uh quite literally he falls a very long way down that chute. Yeah. <laughs> um Luke uh, has to take Darth Vader off the ship pretty quickly because uh it's gonna explode. Because we should have mentioned by this point, uh Lando and uh Nimnub have blown up the Death Star Core. John Oliver. Oh, yeah, well, the Wedge Antilles. Oh, we yeah. Antilles, uh, yeah. We realise, yeah, it looks a bit like John Oliver. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the shield is down on the uh, the moon of Endor, so in go the rebel ships, and yep. they're darting around, and the Millennium Falcon still feels like it's too big to get away with the amount of corridors it <laughs> yeah, has <down>. But still. <laughs> I tell you what, in Rogue Squadron 2, when you have to play that mission, it's very hard. Yeah, yeah, they're good pilots. That's what I learned. It's much better to play as Wedge, because you get the X-Wing. Yeah. Uh, if you play as Lando, you have to use the Millennium Falcon, and it's very difficult. Yeah, but they get in there, they blow up the power station, they shoot out, and we have another Death Star, which explodes. Yeah. And then everybody celebrates. Everyone's on the planets, all the different planets, even some we haven't seen yet, like Naboo. Yeah, yeah. Gungans waving flags. Uh, See, I'm okay. Again, it doesn't add much, Hmm. but I'm okay with that because if you do watch them in the correct order, if you do watch them episode one through six, it at least makes some kind of sense. Yeah, it ties back to... And there at least some kind of closure there. Yeah, it ties back to the start of the story. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're all together and they're having a nice happy time. Obviously, Luke burns the body um, of, of uh, Vader. Yeah. Um, and they're all together having a lovely time. Luke looks over, sees some Force ghosts, um, which we'll get to in just a second. And the film ends on a really happy note. The Force ghosts is something which we have to discuss because <sighs> that is one of the changes. Originally, it's obviously uh, Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan, uh, the puppet Yoda, and originally, uh, Sebastian Shaw, who plays unmasked Vader in that final scene, he plays Luke Anakin Skywalker. But, sorry, yeah. An- well, yeah, he is Anakin. He's Anakin Skywalker. He's thrown off the Darth yeah. Vader thing. Yeah, um, he plays Anakin Skywalker. Originally, it was him. It's replaced by Hayden Christensen, who of course plays a younger Anakin in the. 
prequel films in, in yes. episodes two and three. Who just looks like he's doing a screen test. Yeah. Yeah. Which, a makeup test or yeah, something. He's, yeah. He, well, because he was not told that's what yeah. was, that footage was going to be. I reckon that's for. exactly what I reckon you're right, it, Tegan. It looks like that. It's, it, mm. He's not even in character. Yeah, yeah. I reckon, Tegan, I reckon you're right. I reckon exactly what they've got. Like, Hayden, just stand there. We'll take some stills. We're making some new merch. This is uh, your, we just need to check your co- it's a costume fitting yeah. and it's we're seeing how you look. Mm. In front of the green screen or yeah. something. That's what, what it looks like. What is it about the use of pre-original uh, trilogy Anakin that that chides with you? I'm curious. Okay. Um, well, there's just the logical fact that we've already seen <laughs> Sebastian Shaw as Anakin. Mm. So we know that Anakin Skywalker is a 50-something-year-old man. Yeah. In the story at this point, he is meant to be in his 50s, I think, Darth Vader. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, he's 40s or 50s. He's an older man at this... Middle-aged to older man at this point. Mm. So, 25-year-old Hayden Christian just doesn't make sense. Yeah. We see There's old that. Obi-Wan. We see, we see old, old Obi-Wan. We see old Yoda. Yeah. We see Why? them as they died. I think exactly. That's, I think that's the point. And, and that's, that to me is the main issue. Well, it's a redemption story. This third episode is a redemption story for Darth Vader, where he yeah. comes full circle, he comes back to being good. So, for him to go backwards in age and in character means that he has chosen to be the person he was before then which means he hasn't accepted all the bad behavior he's done and i think part of a redemption story is accepting the bad with the good so it has to be sebastian shaw is that yeah that's yeah it has to be him because now he because he's we've seen him the point of the whole point of Mm. taking that mask off and seeing the person yeah is so you have a face. Hmm. Yep. So that person then gets to be the Jedi in that visage who lives on forever. Yeah. I almost feel as though if you're having the young Anakin have something with you and McGregor as younger Obi-Wan and that's the ghost it. thing. Because yeah. then it, it just doesn't make sense. Like that conversation, oh hey Kenobi, what you you can come back younger? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just decided to come back as as twenty twenty year old Anakin. But um, oh no! Yeah. <laughs> and why would they? I mean, they're they're an ancient. It's Yoda's nine hundred years old. Yeah. It's like they age the wisdom is part vain. of. What, well, no, apparently not, Anakin is because he thing, came back not, when he was they, hot. They don't. You're right. What, I'm agreeing with you, and like they're not vain. They don't that, yearn yeah. for their youth. Age and they, wisdom is what they what they value. Value. Yeah. So why would they not want to continue on in that? Yeah. yeah. But I think what you just said before, Tegan, about the accepting, accepting your story, accepting your your past and your redemption, I think that's it completely. It's I a think classic you redemption it. story. You don't need to add anything. I think you've completely. I mean, honestly, I don't need to add anything more to that. I think you've completely nailed it. You hear yeah. that, Lucas? <laughs> yeah, George. You dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for making Star Wars. We've all had a lovely time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we do, we do love it. But that was a terrible decision. <laughs> all right. Would you guys like some trivia about Return of the Jedi? Yes, yes please. Okay. According to Ian McDermott, uh, George Lucas originally cast him simply as the physical performance of the Emperor, similar to how David Prowse is just Darth Vader oh, in the yeah, suit. Yeah. Um, this became evident, evident to him when a producer told him that if he was able to get his voice close enough to Clive Rivels, who played him in The Empire Strikes Back, uh, yeah. uh, they would let him use his actual voice. Uh, McDermott felt he could conduct a stronger, more wicked and demonic voice, so he tried it out, and he impressed Lucas and Steven Spielberg with it, and they decided, yeah, keep doing that voice, that's great. Cool. And it is, it is just a really cool voice. Good voice. Oh, he's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And I, suppo- I, I, I suppose now's a good time as any, 
uh, to talk about episode nine. All right, uh, let's do so, it. so for those of you who've not seen the trailer for episode nine and don't want to know something, skip forward two minutes. Um, so episode nine's trailer concludes with what sounds like the Emperor's laugh. It is the Emperor's laugh. Yeah. And I know that because they didn't re-record it. It's right. apparently lifted from, I, I assume, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So the big implication uh, is the fact that the Emperor is back. We know that Ian McDermott is in this final episode. In somehow, some capacity. In some yeah. capacity. We also see the ruins of the Death Star. Yeah, on a uh, planet. Mm. One of the Death Stars. We don't know which one. Presumably the second Death Star. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So what do you think is happening there, Patrick? Because it's all speculation at yeah, this point. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a really... I have mixed feelings because, okay, so I guess we can't talk about this. We kind of need to talk about The Last Jedi. Mm. And I liked about 70% of The Last Jedi. Okay. I really disliked the other 30%. But unlike most of the people on the internet, Mm. the stuff I really liked was all the stuff with Luke and Rey and Kylo Ren. Okay. I love that stuff. Mm. I thought that stuff was great. Yeah. I didn't like virtually everything else. Okay. Um, and I liked the whole idea of... Uh, Kylo Ren says at one point, kill, kill the, uh, leave the past behind, kill it, if you ha- whatever, kill it if you have to, whatever the line is. I liked that. I liked that idea of moving on. Mm. But I feel like this is a bit of a flip-flop. I yeah. feel like people got so mad about it that they've decided to kind of undermine the whole point of the last jedi and make a movie about the original trilogy yeah it's even called the rise of skywalker yeah i so i don't it look the trailer looked great i'm it's a star wars movie i'm gonna enjoy it mm. it's gonna be fine yeah um but yeah i don't know how i feel about it okay yeah i i'm i'm very curious to see what they're gonna do with it but it wasn't something that made me go because again, I'm going to see the film. Like it's kind of yeah. like it, it's kind of like right now at the time of recording, Avengers Endgame is about to come out. Yep. There's posters for it everywhere. I almost feel as though they're the most pointless posters in the world because everyone's going <laughs> to go see that film. Movie. That's yeah. that's how it works. And I feel as though, yeah, I'm 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 hoping that the reason for the use of Palpatine or the use of McDermott in Episode Nine is. Um, I'm hoping it's cleverer than I anticipate it's going to be. See, I I agree. I just don't think it can be. Following the success of Boba Fett uh, from his appearances in <laughs> comics and um, being just a great supporting character, George Lucas admitted he had no idea the character was going to become the uh, the big pop culture icon that he is today. Uh, had he known, he would have given the bounty hunter a much more memorable death scene. He even considered adding a shot of Boba Fett escaping the Sarlacc for one of his um, re-releases, uh, but decided against it as he didn't want to distract viewers from the intended storyline. Finally, George showing a, showing a bit of restraint. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so going back into the extended universe, mm-hmm. Boba Fett actually does survive the Sarlacc mm. and and works his way out of it and carries on as a... Yeah, doesn't another bounty under rescue him? Like Dengar or somebody Dengar. like Dengar. I don't think Dengar does. Dengar the space mummy. It's some name <laughs> like that, yeah. Um, if sure you look up a picture of Dengar, you, you know what I mean. He's kind of all wrapped up in bandages. Yeah. It's really weird. It wouldn't um, have been IG-88, not that hack. Oh, IG-88 would have... No, he would have blasted 
Boba Fett. Um, or Bosk. Wouldn't have been Bosk. Nerds. Either. Bosk was the coolest. Nerds. But Bosk was. And again, we talked about it in Empire, and I'm going to bring it up again. Bosk is my favorite sort of Oh, Bosk character. rules, but he wouldn't have helped Boba Fett. Oh, no, he wouldn't. No. He's, Even, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I don't know. I never read any of the um, Boba Fett stories, mm. but he did actually survive the Sarlacc pit. Mm. Um, I don't know. I'm glad that I'm glad he just left it as is. Do you think he'll appear in episode nine? I hope not. Well, they're making the Mandalorian. That's which true. I'm actually somewhat excited for. Mm. I feel like Boba Fett's going to play a role in that. Yeah. Be weird if he doesn't. Yeah. Um, so, you know, hopefully they, they, they keep him for that. Okay. Harrison Ford suggested that Han Solo sacrifice his life to save his friends, but George Lucas disagreed with him as he wanted Han to play a heroic part at the end of the story. Yeah. Now, we, we know that Harrison Ford was a bit flippy-floppy on whether or not he wanted to even yeah. be in the third one. <laughs> George Lucas has also explained the reason why Yoda told Luke that Darth Vader was his father. It was because he consulted a child psychologist while he was making this film, and the psychologist said that unless it was unequivocally stated that Vader was Luke's father, moviegoers under the age of 12 would likely dismiss Vader's claim as a lie. So, that's interesting. Yeah. And I think that's that's interesting. And I think it... Certainly as a kid, I think, it, it, for me, it, I think it was definitely a thing where it's like, well, if Yoda said it, then it must be true. Mm. Yeah, it's a, a figure of authority and yeah. trust. Actually. The reiteration yeah. is good as well because I like how Yoda's frustrated about it because he, he thinks that he's done it to undermine Luke's Jedi journey, like yeah. to justify it as, oh, he's just done it to mess with you. Mm. It's um, it's a clever way of yeah. mm. of putting it in the story. Also from a... It's just a general like filmmaking point of view. Like it, you know. Again, this is the eighties, seventies, eighties, where we didn't have the internet. We couldn't just quickly recheck. Yeah. It had been three years since Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. It, it was, was a good little reminder of like, mm. oh yeah, that's right. Okay, that's what happened in the. Well, last I kind of feel like C three PO explaining everything to the Ewoks with the sound effect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well. It, was, it was a little. <laughs> it was a little recap. Yeah. Yeah. The story so far. <laughs> The Emperor's chair was mechanised so that it could rotate uh, in the scene when called for, <laughs> but the mechanism never worked properly, so Ian McDermott had to move it by shuffling his feet. Dr. Yeah. Evil style. Just... I know, it's like something out of Austin Powers. It's like that scene where he gives Mr. Bigglesworth to his offsider and he, grab... <laughs> he gets caught and the chair drags. <laughs> That's what it makes me think of. Yeah. Like, Or when, yeah, the chair is like, mm. won't stop spinning. Mm. Uh, Nien Num, uh, Lando's co-pilot, yep. uh, speaks in a Kenyan dialect called Heya. Uh, according to sound designer Ben Burt, the lines were delivered by Kipsang Roich, uh, sorry, Rotich, who was a Kenyan student living in the US and are correct Heian translations of the English text. Audiences in Kenya were reportedly thrilled to hear their language spoken in a proper context. That's Love cool. It. I like that's that. That's so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, so absolutely lovely stuff. Alec Guinness completed all his filming in one day. Yeah, he did. Of course he did. Just, and he didn't even... He just went to the studio in England, filmed it all in front of a blue screen, went home. Yep. Probably... I think he made like $4 million off that. Something ridiculous. He was well and truly done by that point. Oh, God, yeah. Hmm. Uh, the Endor shots were filmed near Crescent City, California. Forest work was especially hard on the Ewok actors. Uh, production assistant Ian Bryce arrived on set one day to find a note from the Ewok actors saying that they had all had enough and were on their way to the airport. Bryce tried to drive to the airport but got a flat tyre not far from the set. He found another car and was about to leave when the Ewoks pulled uh, pulled up in a bus and all got off wearing t-shirts saying Revenge of the Ewok. <laughs> 
That's great because a lot of them were kids and yeah. young yeah. young actors. Yeah, obviously Warwick Davis. This was his big breakout film role, and he was eleven when they shot it. And the dude from Me, Myself, and Irene. Mm. Oh yes, of course. Yes, yep. you looked him up during the film. Yep. Yep. Can I should just say that Wicket's full name is Wicket W. Warwick. That's so, right. That's and all the cast of Time Bandits. Yes, they're all in it. But that was a great stretch of years for those actors. Yeah. A lot, lot of big notable films with, uh, with their services that were required. One of them was in The Young Ones as well. He played, oh, f- played Footumch in The Young Ones. Of course. Yeah. He oh. was the leader of the... He's the one that committed suicide. So oh, that's, that's a bit sad. Well, that, well, that is sad, but... Yeah. Yeah. Because he was so great. Hmm. Yeah, they had a, a good run. Uh, the shooting of the scene of Darth Vader's unmasking was handled with so much secrecy that Sebastian Shaw didn't know... That's what he was on set for. He didn't know who he was playing when he was called oh, in. Sh- wow. He was awesome. spotted by an old friend, Ian McDermott. Um, and when Shaw, he asked Shaw what he was doing here. And Shaw went, I don't know. They haven't told me anything except it has something to do with science fiction. So he had no idea <laughs> he was playing Darth Vader. Great. <laughs> Brilliant. Wonderful stuff. Uh, while climbing over Jabba the Hutt, one of the high heels that Carrie Fisher was wearing accidentally punctured the latex casing and pierced one of the puppeteers inside. Oh, yeah, poor ouch. Mike Edmonds was his name. He was operating the tail and got uh, Carrie Fisher's heel stuck into him. Ow. So, yeah. Uh, also, we, we didn't touch on it, but her choking Jabba is... Epic. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And it's, it's really... Effective. <laughs> grotesque. Yeah, just the, yeah. the tail waggling and the until he dies and, the... and then it stops. Yeah. It's, oh, man. Again, puppets. Yeah. yeah, I reckon that was probably the birth of a few people's fetishes. <laughs> Choke me, Princess Leia. Mm. Well, I read uh, one of the other trivia bits um, was that it was actually a reference to The Godfather. When, uh, oh. when one of the characters gets garroted, that they were essentially, yeah. that was one of the inspirations for how they killed at how they were going to shoot that because they were like you know like in the godfather where that guy gets strangled in the bar awesome. yeah, 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 they, yeah. that's what they decided to sort of base it off cool. so yeah it was pretty All cool right. i'm into that yeah mm. yeah cool you're into that i'm into that mm. gross choke me princess leia <laughs> i'll get out the bikini <laughs> the point of view shots for the speeder bike sequence were achieved by having a camera operator walk through a forest at normal speed with a camera that filmed at one frame per second Cool. When the footage was then played at 24 frames per second, it looks like it's going super quick. Yeah. And it looks great. Still holds up. Yeah, it looks up. awesome. Yeah. Mm. Holds up. I wonder up. if that was the first time they did that. Because they use that heaps in horror, you know, like in Evil Dead yeah. and things like that. That's how they used to recreate the monsters coming mm. through that they can't see. I wonder yeah. if that's one of the first times they did that. Hmm. The slithery noises made when Jabba the Hutt moves was created by sound designer Ben Burt running his hands through a cheese casserole. <laughs> Had to be cheese. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this next trivia bit has got a couple of things which kind of stood out for me. So John Williams' son was uh, collaborated on this film and wrote the lyrics for the Ewok song, which we have referenced but isn't in the film. The yep. Nyap, nyap. Um, John Williams' son, Joseph Williams, is the lead singer of Toto. <laughs> oh, really? According to this, <laughs> Joseph Williams, he's the lead singer of the pop rock band Toto. That's amazing. Wow. So, technically, Nub Nub is a Toto song, I guess. I felt the rains down in Dagobah. I felt the rain. When preparing to work on the special edition, one of the Industrial Light and Magic employees was talking to a friend and mentioned in passing that they were extending the musical number in Jabba's Palace. 
Their friend happened to be the brother of Femi Taylor, who played the dancer Ula, and suggested they should get in contact with her, as she was in better shape now than she was when they shot the scene in the 80s. They ended up using her, and that scene has combination of footage of her in 1980s and her when they did the remaster. Oh, wow. So, yeah, she apparently was still in fantastic shape, so they got her back in the makeup. She has the distinction of being the only cast member to reprise her role for a special edition footage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not that surprising. It was only 14 years Mm. between Return of the Jedi and the special editions. So, you know, she might have only been quite young. Yeah. I still think it's cool. Oh, yeah, it's cool, but yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, So, the... In the opening scene of the film where Darth Vader turns up and tells that Imperial officer, yep. um, Moff Jerk... Uh, Moff Jerk? It's Moff Jerrod, is the <laughs> name. Uh, he tells Moff Jerrod... Um, I was Moff thinking Jigerid. about... That just made me think of... Because, you know, George Lucas, there's the famous Bib Fortuna oh, yeah. name thing where he was feeding his kid tuna and he went, oh, I need a Bib, Bib Fortuna. Oh, my God, Bib Fortuna. It just made me think, oh, yeah. <laughs> made me think of... Him, like hanging out with his mate Jared and and like a big fuck off moth <laughs> flies in and he goes moth j- j- Jared moth well, j- Jared write it down <laughs> anyway moth j- Jared um w- one of the actors who auditioned for that role was Alan Rickman Hello. a younger Hello. Alan Rickman could be real double R efforts. <laughs> He asks the impossible. I need more men. It would have been the most evil scene in film history. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Uh, George Lucas has admitted to being on set frequently due to the director Richard Marquand's relative inexperience with the visual effects. Marquand joked, it's rather like trying to direct King Lear with Shakespeare standing over your shoulder. <laughs> Um, Peter Mayhew had to be careful while filming in the Redwoods in his Chewbacca costume in case hunters mistook him for Bigfoot. Of course. <laughs> he actually had to have minders with him the whole time. That's Jeez. great. Man, that's it's a funny. Squatch. <laughs> that's how the Squatch show started. I love that the... I mean, that just says so much that the initial instinct is they're gonna shoot you <laughs> not we're gonna we're gonna research this guy we're gonna observe him from a respect position. no we're gonna shoot this guy <laughs> yeah um very pleasingly after our discussion of vietnam the ewok battle was modeled after george lucas's original idea for the climax of apocalypse now <laughs> there you go I some, it's when all the Ewoks just pop up out of the green. It's like, this is like a Vietnam mm. War film. This mm. is what it looks like. Yeah, so. I have been watching the like million hour Ken Burns documentary. Mm. I think I talked about it on an, an old podcast yeah. that we did. Um, and it's, there was just similarities to it. It was, I think, because just the greenery and mm. the, the, the fighting styles just not working. That's yeah. so funny. Now, originally, Princess Leia was not going to be Luke's twin sister. Uh, The original plan was that Luke was going to have a twin sister called Nelith Skywalker. Uh, And she would have been uh, taken to the other side of the galaxy to train as the Jedi. George Lucas had originally planned for the episodes 7, 8, and 9 to be about Luke searching for Nelith. 
But oh. what was happening with George was around the time of Empire and then leading into Return of the Jedi, he was really suffering from the demands of making the films. His He felt his family life was being affected. He did divorce um, yep. a couple of years afterwards and he wanted to spend time with his family. So he brought some of those story elements, like the Emperor was originally not going to be any part, like present in the in the original trilogy, brought him forward to be the big bad in the final one. And he dropped the Nelith concept and went, I still want this sister concept there because it's important. So made Leia the sister. But that was a decision that was made post-Empire uh, being released. Yeah, right. Okay. Interesting. Mm. So maybe Rey is is Nelith oh, in some respects. Don't be. Some please sort don't of be Nelith. Some... Rey, please don't be Nelith. All right. <laughs> I'll tell I'll tell George. Excellent. Thank you. I'll tell Disney. <laughs> yeah, don't tell George. He's got no he's got no authority. I don't care. Anymore. I hate those guys. Uh, they kicked me out of my own movie. They gave me four is, billion dollars. This is dollars. how I talk. This is a friend of mine who's a stand up Xavier Michaelides does a whole skit about George Lucas mm. and <laughs> that's his George Lucas voice. So that's that's the only way I can impersonate George Lucas is through Xavier's choice. Excellent. Uh, from an engineering perspective, and I feel as though this particular IMDb trivia tidbit was just from an engineer, uh, both Death Stars were poorly constructed because they did not have either safety or redundancy systems. When Wedge Antilles and Lando Calrissian shot out the power regulator, the entire reactor exploded. A properly engineered power generator would have multiple backups and safety protocols to prevent such an occurrence. Dickhead. This is just some, um, um, well, actually, um, I don't know if you know this, but, um, here. Mm. F*** off, nerd. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> but if you put the wrong Anakin Skywalker oh, in the ghost sequence. You're the wrong kind of nerd. <laughs> the final yeah. bit of trivia. You're an actual smart nerd. No one has time for you. Yeah. Dumb nerds only, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carrie Fisher ended up forming a close bond with Warwick Davis during the uh, filming and was very concerned about his well-being, uh, particularly because he was quite hot in the Ewok costume. Uh, yeah, he was. <laughs> she would provide him with cookies and chocolate milk between takes. I, Davis bet, she, later, I bet she did. <laughs> Davis later commented, she was everything an 11-year-old Ewok could possibly wish for. Oh, I love actually, He's such a genuinely yeah. beautiful man. Mm. Yeah, and um, yeah, that brings us to the end. Of Return of the Jedi. So, uh, for those of you listening at home, this is the part where we score the film. Tegan, you get to go first because it was your first time watching Return of the Jedi without Lego figurines. What score would you give this film out of 10? I will give it um, eight MIB ripoff aliens out of 10. Okay. Okay. So it was good. It was great. It's good fun. I I think it's a very cleverly made film it's very well balanced i think we commented before about how when there's a lot of action or a lot of like drama they balance it out with some really good comedy in there as well Mm. um it's a bit long so that's why i took a bit off there but um and and this shitty cgi Mm. additions um but it was it was great fun They, they know how to make films they sure do. Boy, these Star Wars films are good fun. Uh, Patrick, what would you give Return of the Jedi out of 10? Uh, look, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious to anyone who's listened to this episode that I'm giving it 10 salacious B crumbs out of 10. Wow. Um, Even with Hayden. Look, I'm just talking about the, the film as a whole, as a concept. <laughs> you know, there's so many different versions that 
Yeah. Sure, different version might get a different score. But Return of the Jedi, as a film, mm. is a 10. I could talk about this movie for hours. Mm. I kind of already have. You just did. <laughs> I yeah. just did. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to say any more other than I love it. Excellent, yeah. Maybe the real value is the Jedis that return to us along the way. That's it. Mm. For me, um, it, it, it is a tremendously fun film. I had a great time watching it. Um, and it just it just stacks up as just being a really well-made, excellent, fun film. So I'm going to give it eight um, destroyed satellite dishes off the Millennium Falcon <laughs> out of ten. Because as a kid, I was always like, no, they hurt the Falcon. Yeah, no. Especially because Lando even said beforehand, she won't get a scratch. And he broke off the radar dish. Yeah, I did always, oh. wo- I did always worry if Han was going to be mad about that. So did I. Yeah. <laughs> Nerds. Okay, that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, Tegan and Patrick, thank you so much for watching Return of the Jedi. Oh, thank you. Thank you for letting me be on this one. It was brilliant. Excellent. Thank you for letting him be on this one. He would have been real mad if he wasn't. And you would have had to live with it. Yeah. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. If you want to go back and listen to our previous discussions on other Star Wars films, we've done both New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. They're both available, along with the other 100 plus episodes, on iTunes or SoundCloud or other podcasting and podcatching services. So go there, subscribe. Uh, Next year when we get to Star Wars, we actually don't know what we're going to be. Are we going back to episode one? Are we doing episode seven? Maybe we'll do Rogue One and just pull the plaster off that. Uh, we'll find out. Get it out of the way. In 12 months time. Uh, you can also join us on Facebook if you want to leave suggestions or your own mini reviews. Please go there. Uh, just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club on Facebook. And we have a Patreon. If you'd like to make a contribution, become a member of the club and get some exclusive content and early access stuff, uh, then just go to patreon.com forward slash podcast. But that's all for this week. So until next time, goodbye. Yub nub, everybody. Bye. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.